you were selling drugs, right? Mm -hmm. So you would think that along with the selling of drugs would come material wealth. I had the money, I was um, young, I had the money, I had the women, the friends. It was nothing to see $100,000 made like in 10, 15, 20 minutes. There is seed that you have sown, words that you have shared, acts that you've forgotten all about that are working right now while you don't even know. Welcome to Miracles Today, and I've got with me an outstanding young gentleman, Lavelle, and I'd like you to meet him right now. Lavelle, we're so glad that you could come <laughs> be with us on Miracles Today. And I want to go right to um, the gangs, the, uh, and I don't want to say too much. I want to let you talk to, talk to me about that. Okay. Um, basically, I didn't have to wander far for it because it was, I grew up in this um, First 10 years of my life in the ghetto, then I, I moved from there to something even worser. Um, and I grew up in a basically a family that sold drugs. And my whole environment, that's what it was. Um, I learned at a young age the ropes, how to do this, how to do that. And I was, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to be a football player. I'm not going to get into this. I see this. This is not the right thing to do. But once I got of age and got around, I think it's 15 or 14, it was too strong. And that pool just, it, I got golf right into I mean, it. what were your, your choices were football or drugs yeah. to get out of the projects? Yeah. And then at 14, you felt you were of age? Yeah, I grew up real fast, real fast. Is, is that because fast. of the just surroundings the, the, that you yeah, were in? Yeah, just everything. I mean, what was your family life like? Uh, we grew I, I hung around all of my family and everything, and basically poverty, um, not, nothing now, got I, I don't understand that. <laughs> if you guys, I mean, you know, like you're selling drugs, right? Mm -hmm. So you would think that along with the selling of drugs would come material wealth, right? Yeah, um, I put it to you, like in 89, man, that's when the boom just hit, like, yeah. like it was just a surge, man, and I grew up. It was nothing to see $100,000 made like in 10, 15, 20 minutes or But I mean, like so, that. okay, so, but you said poverty. Yeah, um, in the end though, the, the cops shut it down. No. <laughs> <laughs> it got shut down and basically it's like, it's like so a were you, carrot. Were you rich for a while? For a while. For a while you for were wealthy? While, for a while. And I, were... I, I rolled the, the, the highs and the lows of the drug game. Yeah, and did you ever get involved yourself in drugs? Because I know that I've talked to <laughs> actually people who've been involved in, in, yeah. in dealing, yeah. and one of the things is you don't do the drugs yeah. because that'll mess you up, right? Uh, you know, I did the marijuana thing, and I was like, I'm too smart to do the hard stuff. But after so long of living that life, it, there is no, um, it is, you start being open to everything. And, um, and uh, one night, um, I was still trying to hustle and you know, make money, and I had some uncut cocaine. It doesn't have anything in it. It's just straight. It's, right. You know. That's what we do. That's what you don't get when you go to a yeah. drug dealer. You don't yeah. get uncut cocaine. Yeah. But I had the real thing. And I had this thought about, man, I wonder how that would be. 
And uh, I took like a small hit, man. That was it. I was on it, man. And um, I woke up, well, I came home about seven o'clock that night and I couldn't go to bed. And it was just on and on. It, it went from that to ecstasy. It, it was like a party every day. It didn't stop. And, um, you know, I knew the Lord and everything and, you know, God had saved me. But it was kind of like, you know, you're saved and, yeah, and then yeah. you just go back to doing whatever you was doing before you got saved and everything. People like it's not going to last that long. Never saw it. I heard, you know, jailhouse <laughs> Christianity, jailhouse salvation. People get saved, they go right back to it. And it was like I never seen, you know, that's I just I didn't know any better. I mean, you did know? you end up, did you get busted or? Never. Okay. Never, <laughs> never, never. I thought I was too smart. I thought because I was, you know, I, was, I am smart, you know, praise yes, God. Yeah. Um, and I always thought I was like one step ahead and everything. But it's the lifestyle, you're not. Yeah. The lifestyle is, you know. You're um, going to eventually run into a wall, right? Yeah, it was like, you know, weed to cocaine to ecstasy to acid. I did it all. I was like the only black kid at a rave and everything. <laughs> I love to get high. <laughs> and, um, and, was, and so when did you meet Dr. Harfush? In 2000, I think it's 2000 or 2001. How did that so, happen? I just ended up like at the church, like a couple of days. People kept telling me about this church called Miracle Faith Center and, and that you need to come and everything. And I came, and uh, I can remember where I sat that I was in the back, and uh, the power hit. And uh, that was like a first for me in church. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so, um, but inside I knew it was real. I, something was like, this is the real thing. Like, these guys are not joking. They're not playing. It's not reading the book and saying, one day, you know, the power of God's going to come. One day it's going to be a great revival. It was actually happening before my eyes. Like, I never saw the miracles. The just, power of God. Just... You know, every what we were reading books on, like, you know, when the power comes, we're going to do great things. And it was always a date, like, it was coming. And I came here, and I was like, wow, like, they're actually, you know, calling out sicknesses. The people were getting healed, delivered. And I actually saw this, like, with my eyes and everything. And so, and so that, was, <laughs> that was enough. That was enough to Ooh. reach you. What about International Miracle Institute? Okay, God showed me in 2000, um, like right after he delivered me from drugs, that I was going to a Bible school. Now, did you get delivered instantly or was it a process? Instantly. And how did that happen? Uh, <laughs> well, I was, uh, uh, one night, my last night doing this, we, we rode ecstasy. And I just got, I got zooted, looted, whatever you want to call it, I was gone. Mm -hmm. And the next day I woke up, I was depressed. And mm -hmm. I had this depression on me, man, it was like a mountain. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, the enemy came. He was like, you should have did this. You should have did this. And it was like just something I just kept saying, you should have did this. You should have did this. And mm -hmm. I um, actually started contemplating suicide mm -hmm. and everything. And I was like, man, I only thought white people commit suicide. <laughs> but here I am. I'm being honest. Like, we no, was, no, I mean, that's totally I'm, fine. Yeah, I have I was, no idea why you had yeah, that thought. Like, <laughs> and, only um, white people kill themselves. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, we don't do this, but here I am. I'm like, I'm, I don't see any reason to live. I was 21 years old. Um, nothing. I, I, I started spending every hour to, get, to do drugs. It was like if I had $10 in my pocket, that was $10 on drugs. So I then would, what, when did the deliverance come? I read this book and it was actually talking about how we try to take our lives in our own hands and, you know, after the fall of Adam. And it said a lot. And I was like, man, this is me, man. I'm like, I'm tired. 
I'm ready for something You new. were tired of your life. Yes. And you wanted to change. Yeah. I did everything that people say this is what bring. I had the money. I was um, young. I had the money. I had the women, the friends. You'd done it all. I and, was wide open. And you wanted God. <laughs> but I didn't know it, though. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know it. I there didn't was know just it. something there. Yeah. You know, I would, um, God was talked to me. He's, he actually even talked to me while I was high. He was like, look, I got so much more for you. It's amazing. And, um, huh? The mercy of God. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. because, um, you know, he talked to me one time, like, and I was like, no, I don't want to live for you. I don't want to live this life. I want to sell drugs. I want to have all these girls. And I like ignored them. Like, look, I don't want to hear this. Because yeah. I was saved. Yes. And um, it went on for about two years, two years of hell. Yes. And at the end, you know, it was like, I'm not going to say no to God. Like, it, this is a yes. And I went on my knees to pray, like right in my mom's living room. And um, as soon as I got the last word out, um, at the time, I didn't know what happened, but it was the power of God hit me like. Just totally by yourself. And uh, this presence came in and I just felt it like all on me, man. And I went back to the people the night because we had got hot and I had a Bible in my hand. And these are raver kids because yeah. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't really hanging with people in the hood anymore because yeah. I, I wanted to party. Right. And um, they was like, they thought I joined the cult. And I was like, man, you know, I had a Bible. I was talking about Jesus. and. Well, listen, LaVille, can you do, me a, uh, uh, do something for me? There, <laughs> there are people watching right now, and you can talk directly to them out of yes, that place. Can you do that for me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I know that God delivered me from cocaine, ecstasy, acid. You know, when I didn't see myself doing anything, I, I couldn't see myself getting married to anyone. I saw myself not having anything good for myself. I thought that this was life, it, it dealt me this hand and everything. But, you know, like she said, the mercy of God came and God delivered me to the point where I, I never had that taste to do the drugs again. I didn't want to sell drugs anymore. I wanted to know more about God and everything. And so, um, you know, there is more, you know, and God, God loves you. And it's absolute robbery for you to be bound for just, it's a lie. And uh, there's a better life for you. Um, you know, I know that my mom and the faith that they teach the word of God and that these people that will help you, they'll help you out of their experience, you know, not just out of a doctrine or a teaching, but they actually experience it. And um, I know that it's more for, for you, for your family, you know, um, God delivered me from depression. I'm married. I'm, I've been blessed with a job. I see people right now and they all say, Man, you made it, but they don't understand it was the hand of God. And, uh, you know, God's hand will move in your life also, you know. So that's what I... <laughs> Thank you, Lavelle. And listen, right now, we're going to go to Doc. And yeah. he's yeah. teaching yeah. Yeah. on performance and the right now manifestation yeah. of God. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to go to God's prophet of performance, Dr. Christian Harfouche. Okay. This dispensation is given to me for you. This, this time period is given to me for what? You. Anybody here heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Yes. Just wave if you have. You know, he wasn't as popular when he was alive. <laughs> right? How many know that? 
I mean, he, he was popular, but, he, you know, he wasn't as popular as he is now when he was alive. Actually, people today who don't like his doctrine print his books. That's all I'm going to say about that. Some denominations don't even agree with his theology. Print his books because his books sell so good, they can't pass up the money. He said, what does that have to do with this? Oh, here's a man that's not even here, who when he was alive, are you listening to me? When he was alive, he didn't have the popularity that he has now. He didn't have as many people around the world that knew of him as the people that are around the world that know of him now because what he put on record and what he did in his dispensation did not leave when he left. Not only that, but the anointing and the works and the words that he spoke did not die when he died. They stayed in the earth so you can take what he said and what others said and step into what he didn't even do as a corporate body of people. My God, I feel the glory. I don't know if you're ready for me to minister to you tonight. There is an anointing on me tonight. I, I don't know if you want hands laid on you. But it, it's, it's so strong, I could just minister to myself tonight. I mean, it would be selfish, but... So you see now even... So here we see Smith, Smith Wigglesworth. He's ministering in a dispensation of time. He actually never really stepped into the baptism of the Holy Ghost till he was 40, 40 years old or so, or over that, as, as a plumber. And then from there till he was 87 is when he stepped into his ministry and did the works that he did. But then after he's gone, what he did is becomes this multiplying, increasing inspiration, revelation, and education to multiplied millions around the earth. Why? Because what you do in Christ is always alive. While you're here, you take it with you. If you leave, you leave it behind you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It stays as a witness and a testimony in the earth. That's why I'm so excited about the miracle book, our miracles book. It'll be here Thursday night. Hallelujah. We've got 400 pages on how to. Anyway, let's, 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 let's move on here. Whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which has given me, what? For you, to fulfill the word of God. Well, uh, Smith Wigglesworth had a dispensation, right? Yeah. Was, it for the, was it just for the uh, people of England and the people of Australia? Was it just for that great meeting, the greatest meeting he's ever had at Angelus Temple, at Amy Simple McPherson's building? Was it for the people who were there? 
Was it for the people that were at, personally at his meetings only? Or was his dispensation relevant to you? Yes. Did, did the Holy Ghost through what he did and what he shared pour something into your life? So first of all, let's just stop here and thank God that you will never again be limited to believing that what you see and what you know is all that you are doing. Right now while you sit here, there is seed that you have sown, words that you have shared, acts of God that you've performed. Things that you've forgotten all about that are working right now while you don't even know. This dispensation, this time period given to me to, de to de declare this truth, to make this truth known. I'm not even going to go to the next verse. You know it. Declare this truth. Fulfill the word of God or verify that it's true. Perform and manifest that it's real. Bring evidence that it's for now. This dispensation given to me is given to me for you. Why does God call a watchman or a prophet or a general or an apostle? Why does God call a ministry gift? Why does God anoint a believer? It's for others. Why does God call a leader? It's to lead others. What is the dispensation for? For you. Where is he taking you? He's taking you to where he knows God is calling you. He's taking you to what he sees. And he can't take you by force. He's going to preach it to you until you see what he sees. Keep on telling you what he sees until the spirit of truth that's in you rises up and says, I know that's the truth. Now, can, I can I throw something out tonight? Are you ready for this? How many of you know that prophecy and the prophetic office are given predominantly for confirmation and not direction? How many know that's the truth? But here's where some people miss it. They define confirmation as, oh, I already knew that. That's confirmation. But wait a minute. What about what you didn't know, but when you heard it, it didn't make sense up here, but the Spirit of God in you jumped up and said, that's the truth. It's such a pleasure for me to be here with God's prophet of performance, Dr. Christian Harfouche. Christian, I'm telling you, I was just so um, touched uh, by the message today that you preached. It was absolutely fabulous. It was awesome. I, um, I, uh, you, you know, did you, did you, did you hear the testimony at the beginning of uh, Lavelle? Yes. And, uh. He was um, in um, drugs and, and, and basically raised in the hood. Yes. And uh, he said he couldn't see himself doing anything else. It's either, you know, dealing drugs or becoming, I think he said, a football player. 
to get out of the hood. The only way out was either drug dealing or sports. Right. Now, honestly, okay, if, 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 if there are people that are watching us right now yes. that are in the hood still, and they may be still dealing drugs. Lavelle was saved. He yes. knew Jesus Christ, but he was still doing, uh, uh, selling drugs yes. and had no way out, felt trapped. Yes. Can International Miracle Institute show them the way out right where they're at? Absolutely. Absolutely. God's word is the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, God's word is the way, and it's the only way. It is a multifaceted way, and it's the way out, period. It's the way out of poverty. It's the way out of arrogance. It's the way out of uh, uh, abnormal family bondages. There are many people in the world today who are struggling because you were born into a poverty-stricken home and uh, your parents and your ancestors have all lived in a particular area and you're poverty-stricken and you don't have much and uh, the only way out of that is to understand that Jesus not only loves you but His Word promises you um, uh, uh, blessing and that God is not limited to a natural thing that we see. In this case, it was either drug dealing or sports. But there's a way out. It's called the word way. It's called the God way. But uh, by the same token, there may be some of you watching me, and you were born into a prosperous family. And you were born into a family at where your parents drilled you since childhood to grow up and become uh, 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 a carrier of the family torch, so to speak maybe to run the family business or maybe to follow in the footsteps of your parents and your relatives to pursue maybe the goal in, in, of business or law or whatever the case might be. And then if the call of God comes to you, it's very hard to come out of what we are familiar with until we hear God's word. And it begins to teach us that nothing on this planet is designed by God to be a prison house for us. We're not called to be prisoners, neither to uh, the inner cities and uh, the poor areas, the ghettos or the um, hoods of this world, nor are we called to be prisoners to the ambitions of our ancestors and the design uh, that they've planned uh, for our life. We're not supposed to live life as a prisoner. We're called to live life as an ambassador. So the way out of this cycle of bondage where you feel like, well, I could never get out. My parents live there. It's been like this in our family. Maybe anger has been part of your family and it was blamed on culture. Maybe there been, there's been a perpetual habit of being abused or verbally uh, downed and, and, and there's no way out of that, out of the way you think about yourself, whether it is financial impoverishment or whether it is uh, abnormal ambition, both prison houses that may have been in place for hundreds of years or just a few generations. 
can be simply broken by you understanding that when God calls you, He equips you. And that His Word has a plan for your life. That He will guide you one step at a time. He'll bring you out and you'll never have to go without. If you don't have, you will have. If you have now, you will continue to have an even better without the bondage attached. Well, you know, the bottom line, I mean, if you really look at the Bible yes, and you look at Jesus, Jesus did not pick the most likely to succeed. No, he did not. I mean, remember when he went up to Matthew, the tax collector. I mean, this man, Matthew, was extracting taxes from his own people. And he was regarded as the scum of the earth. I mean, when Jesus said, I'm going to eat dinner at your house tonight, when he went to Matthew's house, there was all kinds of people there and they were partying and all kinds of things going on. But Jesus walked right into the middle of that situation because Jesus wants to walk right into the middle of your situation. It doesn't matter what it is. You can pick up the phone right now and you can take that money that you were going to use for something else. And you can order International Miracle Institute and God will show you the way out. So pick up that phone again. I'm compelling you. This is your opportunity. Pick up that phone and find out the way out for your life. You are not designed to be a prisoner. You are designed to be free. And join us again next time for more happy endings and new beginnings.